everyone, and welcome back to Beyond Study Abroad, the official Notre Dame Study Abroad podcast. I'm your host, Ainsley Herford, and today I'll be joined by Laura Stippick, who works in Notre Dame International's office, and she'll be telling us all about the different roles she fills there when she gives her introduction. Today, the big topic we're discussing is everything you need to know all about study abroad applications. Hi everyone, my name is Laura Stippick. I am an Associate Director of Study Abroad with Notre Dame International. Um, so I am mostly responsible for overseeing our semester programs in Africa and the Middle East. And I also oversee all of our short-term summer study abroad opportunities. Nice to be with you today. Yeah, thank you for being a guest. And today we are gonna be talking all about applications. So Whatever questions you think you have that you don't even know you have, we will be answering them, or at least that's the goal for today. So to start us off, kind of a vague question, but leads to a million great answers. How does study abroad work at the University of Notre Dame? So that's an excellent question. Um, study abroad does work quite differently at Notre Dame. So this university really puts a very strong emphasis on international education and a global education for our students. And that contributes to over 75% of our students actually studying abroad during their undergraduate experience, which is a huge benefit for our office and really shows that this global experience is a huge part of the culture at Notre Dame. Um, in order to do this, we actually work really closely with all the academic departments on campus to ensure that they each have an opportunity to go abroad. So for example, our STEM students, um, that is an audience that's traditionally underrepresented in study abroad, but at Notre Dame, there are so many opportunities both during the semester and during the summer where those students can, can go abroad and make sure that they're staying on track to graduate. Um, another factor that I think separates us out a little bit is the financial model for study abroad. So for the semester, students pay the same Notre Dame tuition and room and board and that also allows all of the financial aid to go with them abroad. So any scholarships or loans that students receive normally actually go with them, which means you can go regardless of your funding um, personal sense in that semester. So that really makes it equitable for a lot of people to go abroad who maybe wouldn't be able to otherwise. Um, I think another important point for just how it works at Notre Dame is that it is mostly targeted at juniors. Uh, so most study abroad students are gonna be juniors the fall or their spring semester, but there are some programs that are open to spring semester uh, sophomores or um, fall semester seniors. So these are opportunities, they're program specific, but if you are in either of those audiences, they're definitely something to think about. Um, yeah, and I guess the only other thing I would mention, I'm sure I'm gonna say this a lot during this episode, but the <laughs> applications are already open now. Um, and they do close November 1st, and that's both for semester and summer programs. So just be sure to kind of start thinking about that and start thinking about which programs you want to apply to. Perfect. That was totally a mouthful for you, but very informative. <laughs> Thank you so much. I think that the deadline, it's November 1st, but definitely I feel like sneaks up on you a little bit. <laughs> Especially now you're like, it's September 12th, I have so long. And then all of a sudden you're like, <laughs> goes quickly. <laughs> Not going. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's really great. Kind of on a similar vein about the applications, because that is what today is all about. And then I can afterwards share my own experience with this. 
where should students start when they're thinking about study abroad? Like it's thinking about it, thoughts are flying around, but how do you get working? Yeah, so there are a lot of factors to consider um, when you're thinking about if you wanna study abroad, where you wanna study abroad, um, different courses to think about. So there's a couple of resources that I would wanna point out. Uh, the first would be something called Study Abroad 101. And this is a course in um, Canvas that we developed. And it has a couple of different um, modules where some are more talking about study abroad in general and the benefits of study abroad. And then others are like more fun, like quizzes. And it's like, you know, kind of like a Buzzfeed model of where should I study abroad? And you just answer some basic questions and they just give you fun results. And this is just a really helpful way for students to start thinking about how to make this a reality for them. Um, we know it can be quite overwhelming and there's a lot of pieces to the puzzle. So we think this is just a very good place to start. So definitely check that out on our website. Um, so that's a very tangible resource, I would say, but other things to just think about. Um, the first is really going to be thinking about like your own personal priorities and goals. So thinking through if, you know, if language learning is a priority for you, thinking through your academic plan and what courses you're gonna to need to complete during that semester that you're hoping to be abroad. Thinking about your cultural competence and your kind of personal development, like what are your priorities for the semester? And I always say to students, you know, it doesn't, there isn't a right or wrong answer to this, but it's just really important for you to consider what you want to prioritize because that'll naturally help decide which program is really the best fit for you. Um, and then of course, you know, simultaneously talking to your academic advisors and us in uh, NDI. So we each manage, as you heard, I uh, manage like, our programs in Africa and the Middle East, but we each manage a different portfolio of programs. So you can come to us, you can uh, learn about different programs that we manage, learn some of the details, and that'll definitely help you kind of decipher what the best option is. Um, another piece of advice I would say is to really think about like the level of support you would want. Like it's really easy for us to kind of jump to, you know, like, where do you want to go and what exact, like what country, what region? And of course that's important, but I think this question is really helpful. Like, do you want to be located in one of our gateways and centers where you have Notre Dame staff there to help you and you're with a lot of other Notre Dame students, mm -hmm. or would you prefer to be in what's called like an exchange program? And that's where you're really enrolled as a like international student attending that in that university for the semester. Um, where it's a little bit more independent of a process, but you may have uh, a little bit more opportunity to get to know locals and to live alongside locals and things like that. So those are kind of questions that maybe aren't the first that come to students' minds, but I think they're really, really helpful um, as you're kind of going through this process. But yeah, I mean, I don't know, Ainsley, like what was your experience with deciding what study abroad program you wanted to do and what kind of questions were you considering? Yes, so I was lucky enough to be eligible to apply for the Oxford program. So that naturally um, becomes, that became definitely my biggest focus. The application is a bit more intensive. I guess we had an interview. Um, I had to get some academic references, which I don't think you need for the other programs. Okay. Yeah. Only some. <laughs> okay. I was like, I didn't, um, I didn't do it for Rome. So those are the only two, I guess I have full on experience, but the Oxford one the the deadline is also earlier so that was nice about the procrastination aspect is I got my I just did all of my study abroad stuff at once so I finished my Rome essays and stuff for the application 
early. So that was nice. But I just submitted it before the Oxford deadline as well. But when I was looking at that, that one was something I definitely had to discern because of the intensity, intensity and length of the program. So it's one year. I guess this is just kind of this is for such a small amount of audience, Mm -hmm. but it's one year. And obviously, Oxford, it was going to be a very intense program. And I ended up getting waitlisted, which is honestly, for me, that was the most beautiful outcome because I didn't know, honestly, if I would really even have enjoyed it. It seemed like a lot and maybe not necessarily what I really wanted from my study abroad experience. Um, However, I felt like it was such a phenomenal opportunity that I needed to apply because in the past, in, in situations where I wasn't sure whether or not I would get rejected or if I would succeed, I would allow myself to be like, oh, I don't want it anyway, not apply, not try out of fear of failure. So it was a big like personal growth moment for me to try to apply as a personal anecdote. Um, So getting waitlisted was great because I was like, oh, I got waitlisted to go to Oxford. Like that's kind of <laughs> nice. And I didn't, I didn't have to make the decision of whether or not I actually wanted to go. They made it for me. So it was perfect. Um, And then the Rome program, when I was writing the essays, I knew which program I wanted to go to more. And I study Latin here. And so that automatically limits where I could go. So I need to go to an English speaking program. But I love in my Latin classes, all we learn about ancient Roman culture. Um, And I've always loved Rome. I've gone to Europe once before and Rome was the most spectacular place to me. I loved the history and the Latin. And I'm also a theology major and the Vatican's right there. So it was like all of these things and the weather and the food and just everything was so perfect and so much what I wanted. So for me, it was a lot of like taking things that I had learned and how I could actually use them like Latin, limited application. But in Rome, that's going to be the other than reading things, which I do in class already, that's going to be the most special place to get to experience that. And with theology, the only place that can parallel is Jerusalem. (laughs) Um, So it was for me, it was a lot of like, the own limitations of not studying a language as well as what got me super excited so that was kind of how I thought about it Rome was the easy second option for me given the language and then it was Rome like I I would kill to go to Rome and now I get to so it's super exciting (laughs) that's awesome yeah that was a long drawn out answer the Oxford aspect is like kind of I guess special since yeah that all yeah it is, it is a different opportunity, but it is one that's like worth talking about because there's a lot of people that apply for it. So, And it was definitely intimidating, mm-hmm. um, but it was, I think it was very important for me, as I said, in my growth as an individual. So, and getting waitlisted, I can't even tell you that was, it seems mm-hmm. dumb, but I was very nervous about it. And so I think a semester is a good amount because it's yeah. also, you're very far away from home and yeah. it's very very much um I think that's something people don't talk about as much is that's kind of a long time and so a full year would be I think probably too much for me yeah it is definitely something worth considering because it's not it's not for everybody and some people really want that so it's just different for everybody the journey is a little bit different depending on where you're at and what your goals are right a hundred percent um so yeah other than that what is people's typical process to apply did we miss anything I feel like we covered a lot of it Yeah, I mean, we can talk, I'll talk like really quickly about like what the application actually involves and what it looks like. Um, That's often, yeah, it's often a question we get all the time, right? Like, um, so now we have applications open, but what 
what am I actually doing to apply? So basically it's pretty straightforward, uh, the actual application process. So there's a couple short answer questions and those are really uh, looking for you to talk about your like academic fit, um, why you chose the program that you did, um, and just kind of telling us a little bit more about your goals for study abroad. Um, so that's obviously a very important part of the application. And then the other thing to mention is that there is like a section where you'll need to get uh, references from your rector. So any student applying to any program has to have a rector reference. Um, and then a couple of them uh, have to have academic references. So there's certain programs that need academic references. That's because the institution that you would be attending also need that academic reference. So that's what we're collecting that for. Um, and then certain programs need uh, language approvals. So if you're doing a language intensive program, um, you'll need to get the approval from the relevant department just to make sure that you have the appropriate language ability to thrive in that program. And then last but not least is there is uh, DUS and Dean approval for all programs. So each student will select like their relevant Dean or DUS and the application would be sent to them. So for some colleges, that requires that you meet with an advisor. Um, for others, it's um, you just need to meet with the DUS. So you'll need to check in with your specific college to learn what that process looks like. But that's kind of about it for the application. So the actual application is pretty straightforward. Um, the question we get a lot, and I'm going to ask it to you, Ainsley, because I think it's, it's more relevant for you to answer, um, is like, what did you write about in your essay? And what do you think made that stand out and why did you choose to write about that? Yeah, so kind of like I mentioned earlier, I talked a lot about bringing what I study to life and that was something that I would it was hard knowing what to write about in the essay because I didn't know if I was supposed to talk about like the classes I was going to take <laughs> because I don't really know what classes I'm going to take. And I don't know if this is bad to say, but bad to say, but I'm not exactly studying abroad because I really want to take a particular <laughs> political science elective in Rome. So I wanted to talk a lot about what I was actually excited about because I feel like that very clearly came through in the essay. And when I was having my brother look over the essays, as I do with everything I write, <laughs> he was like, Oxford seems like a very, you know, I was obviously very invested in the opportunity, but he was like, it sounds to me like you're someone who wants to study marine biology and you're deciding between like Nebraska or I just chose a random place or Hawaii. <laughs> and he was like, obviously, you need to be going to Hawaii for like what you want to do. You need to be on the coast if you want to be studying marine biology, which is not what I want to say. It was a complete analogy. But it was for me, it was really clear. It was things I was passionate about that were both about my academics and just life in general. So that was definitely what I talked about. I I feel generally I feel honesty is the best policy and being able to share what you're excited about as well as how that's going to benefit you and your growth as a student and as a person is um I, I thought that was a good thing to write about. So I talked a lot about just all the things about Rome that get me mm -hmm. super excited and all the stuff I was excited to see and do and learn about. Yeah. I mean, I think that's huge. You you kind of hit it right on the head there. Like a lot of times we see applications that just kind of are generic, just statements. Like I want to study abroad because I've dreamed about studying abroad my whole life, which is great. <laughs> we love the passion for study abroad, but why? Like, and why, 
why Rome, you know, like why X location and kind of digging into that reason is like usually what I try to advise students is like there is no perfect answer to what your motivation is for choosing that location. But I think getting specific about it is what we really want to hear. We want to hear, you know, is there an academic class? If there's a class, if there's a track, if there's research, if there's a homestay, if there's um, a certain region in the country you're going to that has certain relevance to you for your future career. It, again, it, the reason is less important. It's more so that you really explain that to us um, and make sure that we understand why you ended up selecting this program to apply is really just the biggest thing. And obviously making sure that it's a good academic fit. Um, that's going to kind of be the, the top priority is just kind of knowing that you're choosing a location that not only keeps you on track for your four-year plan for graduation, but it also can offer the classes that you need and are interested in. So yeah, it is just kind of thinking through your own personal reason. And there is no one answer fits all, unfortunately, but you're on, you're on the right track, Ainsley. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, I guess it works out. It works. it works out in the end. So. It works. Yeah. I'm, oh, I'm so excited even talking about it. I'm so <laughs> eager now, which I guess is how, this is the vibe I guess I was giving off in my essay as well. And so that's how I was lucky enough to get Excellent. into the program. Yeah, kind of a question that I know a lot of people have, especially when applying, is fall versus spring semester. Um, what is the thing there? I know there's this myth, or maybe it's not a myth, maybe it's true, <laughs> that if you say you're available for either, you're automatically going to get put in the fall. But I just wanted to ask, like, some of those logistical things, yeah. like what should people know when they're submitting their application and filling out those little questions? For sure. First of all, absolutely a myth. This is the number one myth buster we have to do um, about if you apply for two programs. So we always consider you for your first choice program. That is always our mentality here. Um, the thing I think that I would really want everyone to know about fall versus spring. So at the end of the day, this just comes down to a capacity issue. It's very simple. About 75% of our applications are for the spring semester. Um, so yeah, so as you can see, it's very hard for us to accept most of those students. We do, and you know, overall we're accepting um, over 90% of our applicants. So generally speaking, we're able, able to accommodate most people, but when we have 75% of our applications applying for the spring, you can see why um, that becomes a problem, especially for some of our bigger programs. We just do not have capacity to accommodate all of those students. So that is where the whole kind of option for fall comes into play. So if you're someone that has the academic, academic space in your calendar to go in the fall um, and you're okay with doing that personally, it is just a fact that there's just less people applying for the fall. Um, whereas the spring, we understand, you know, um, some people, their classes, they have to go in the spring. Some people really only will go in the spring and that's totally fine. I just want to, you know, give the facts where, um, you know, kind of what you're getting into, um, when you submit for just the spring. So on the application, you can actually indicate, you know, say you, Ainsley, you're going to Rome in the spring, say you select Rome spring as your top choice. The first question will actually say, you know, if, uh, accepted, would you be willing to accept uh, a position in the alternate term? So that means, you know, if 
we want you to go to Rome, but maybe we don't have quite enough space in the spring, would you consider the fall? Mm -hmm. And that, if, you able, if you're able to say yes to that, that re really opens up, you know, a lot of options for you. And you're essentially kind of getting four applications rather than two. Um, so really, really do consider fall if you're open to it and you can, um, because yeah, that's just uh, a fact that I wish we had a little bit better statistics on, um, but that's kind of where we're at with that. Um, other, one other kind of just, while we're on the myth busting subject, <laughs> um, one other myth that I would like to bust is GPA requirements. So um, the GPA that we list on our website is simply an eligibility requirement. So what I mean by that is say the uh, GPA is 2.75 for a program. That means anyone that has a 2.75 or above is going to be considered for that program. And we're not going to look at your GPA when we're deciding kind of who will be selected for that program. So at that point, as long as you meet that eligibility requirement, you will be considered alongside every other student that applied. So that I know is often something students are really, really concerned about. So I just like to make sure that's that's clear. Um, and your GPA does include your fall semester of your sophomore year. Um, so that will be considered. So if you're currently thinking about study abroad, just do know that your classes you're taking this semester are going to impact, impact that GPA um, that we will see as uh, for that eligibility requirement. So yeah, that's just, I think that's just really important kind of things to think about. Um, and then one other thing, sorry, I'm like gonna take over on this for just one more second. No, um, is about applying to one or two programs. So we always encourage students to apply to two programs, um, but truly only if you're like equally excited about that second program. So often um, students will apply to a second choice and then if they get into that second choice and then they're like, well, I didn't really want to go to that. Don't apply if that's not it. Um, <laughs> it's okay to apply to just one. Um, but truly, if you apply to two, make sure that you would be excited to get into that second one. We, as I said, we do truly honor that first choice um, preference and we do try to get you into that. But unfortunately, if you know uh, we have capacity issues, we will consider you for that second choice. And we wanna make sure that you're also very excited about that second choice um, program as well. Yeah, when you, when you kind of were going through the process, Ainsley, how did you feel about kind of choosing your programs? I mean, you were you were kind of looking at, I would say, Oxford and Rome are a little, a little bit of a different example, but I think that could be helpful for students as well. Like, how how did you navigate that process in deciding? Definitely. So I think I I definitely applying to just Oxford was never on my radar just because I assumed I wouldn't be going even I I feel like this sounds maybe it sounds a little pessimistic but it's obviously very competitive and I was unsure if I wanted to go which is it's too much of a commitment I think to be like unsure and then just toss yourself into Oxford yeah. um, <laughs> so I figured I would not get in because also there were people who were just more passionate about I was having major crisis like do I like my major and you only yeah. study one thing so overall I just I had a feeling I would not be going to Oxford even if I got accepted however as I said it was like important for me and in my inside to, <laughs> to do that um and see it through but with Rome um I think just first starting off with what are like the limitations like the non- 
the things you can't change. So for me, that was language. Um, I think also a big thing to consider that I didn't consider, but I wish I had is length of the program. I think summer programs are so cool and underrated because I'm getting a little nervous about how much time I'm going to be abroad. Um, I'm excited because it's a lot of time to do awesome things and get to experience a lot and learn a lot. But I'm also getting a little nervous. And I think we had an episode. I guess I'll plug it now. The last <laughs> episode, episode one of season three with Ida, yeah. she talked about a summer program. And I was like, that is very, that's very special. I think it's uh, hyper-focused on where you are. And I think that's something that people don't think about that much. So I think, I wish I had thought more about, um, the length of the programs and mm-hmm. how um if I wanted to go for a summer or a semester as well as for me the language requirements were very big and then just based on where I could go which places did I feel kind of like a connection to or which places got me excited I guess I'm a very passionate person if you can't tell and that was a lot of what fueled my application process and how I thought about the different programs um was just Okay, like I know you can go to Athens for just English speaking. And I was like, okay, that sounds cool. But then you see the Rome undergraduate program. And I was like, oh, yeah, I think I think this is it for me. <laughs> and um, being at a gateway, I thought would be very nice. Mm-hmm. So especially having come in during COVID year, I still kind of wanted to be a part of Notre Dame, even when I was abroad. So I don't, that sounds kind of like, that's a big reason people don't go abroad. And that was a big reason why I chose my program was wanting to stay with Notre Dame people. So I'd say those are, those are the big things for me. It's huge. I mean, there's, there's different like options and different models and some work for some people and some work for others. And that's totally fine. So it's great to like hear kind of how you help discern that. Cause I know that's a, that's a process that can be quite challenging for a lot of people I mean we know there's a ton of options there's like 80 plus programs so so many yeah there's a lot out there so it's helpful to kind of you know narrow in um, what you're looking for really yeah mm-hmm. yeah that was and being kind of I knew a general region where I wanted to go to yeah. so knowing I would want to go to Europe slowed yeah. it down some as well definitely um my next question for you Going back to, you know, the fun logistics, what (laughs) is the cost of study abroad? This is obviously a really big concern um, for a lot of people or point of interest. So, yeah, you want to tell us any costs, ways to alleviate costs, et cetera? Yeah, definitely. Um, So, yeah, of course, this is a big question and a big concern for a lot of students. So, The biggest thing to highlight about uh, study abroad here at Notre Dame is that it does cost the same as a semester at Notre Dame. So what I mean by that is you are assessed the same Notre Dame tuition and room and board for the semester that you are studying abroad. Um, The only additional kind of cost is going to be a $750 administration fee, um, and that's for all study abroad students. And of course, additional costs, things like flights are going to be your big Cost. The round trip flight is um, something that is on an individual student. Um, and then, of course, like a passport or a visa cost or any like personal expenses. Um, but in general, the great thing about 
why this model is really helpful for students is that any financial aid you receive at like while you're at the university or any loans or scholarship will go with you abroad. So the same way those would be applied while you're on campus, they're also applied for the semester you're abroad. So this means that many students who may not normally be able to kind of afford this as an extra expense are actually able to participate and study abroad for the semester programs. Um, the other thing to highlight too is like students can work individually with financial aid to adjust their award for the semester they're going to be abroad to account for things like making sure they have enough money to purchase their flight or to have enough money for um, additional meals on the ground or anything like that. So that's just an important planning step. I think that a lot of students um, should take advantage of and kind of know that that, that is available to them. Um, something I will point out uh, as you know, you're thinking about program discernment and things too, is to consider on the ground expenses. So thinking about not only like your location in terms of what it offers academically, culturally, um, but also what that will be like living their day to day. So there, you know, most programs don't have something like a dining hall. Um, so some of the, one of the biggest on the ground expenses is going to be like food for students. And obviously studying for a semester in somewhere like London, which is a very metropolitan city, is going to be much more expensive than studying, um, say, I don't know, let's say in uh, Santiago, Chile for the semester, um, where some of those meals are going to be covered because you're staying with a homestay. So it's just important to kind of think about those costs as you're looking at differences between programs um, and think about how you're going to kind of uh, address those as they come up. And of course, there are third party um, funding available through different scholarships, um, and we are always more than happy to talk to individual students about those. Um, I will say the one one quick plug for one of the most popular ones is called the Gilman Scholarship, and this is for mm -hmm. students who are Pell Grant eligible, and that can be up to um, $5,000 of funding for students. So these are just a few options, but please like reach out to us if finances are of concern to you. Um, we, each of us as program directors will know, you know, a lot of the details about programs and know what would be covered, what wouldn't be covered and kind of help you navigate that um, as you're thinking about your finances. It's very important to think about, you know, ahead of time before you get there. Yeah, I think you guys, especially as have gotten more involved in Notre Dame International through this position, mm -hmm. a resource that is not nearly taken <laughs> enough advantage of if I, I don't know how to exactly say that. I don't know where the adverb's supposed to go but yeah I think that is really huge talking you know talk to the people in charge that's obviously <laughs> a good idea I definitely did not do that as much as I should have I did do study abroad 101 so I will you know pat myself on the back for that and like, doing that and just kind of taking the whole process of discerning it kind of seriously just <laughs> because it is a bigger commitment but I think definitely talking to people about the actual hard logistics is yeah. something I should have done more. Yeah. And we have um, walk-in office hours too and virtual office hours. So Tuesday to Thursday um, from, or Monday to Thursday, excuse me, Monday to Thursday, 1 to 4 p.m. Um, Monday and Thursdays are virtual and Tuesdays and Thursdays are walk-in. So you can always find somebody on staff that can help with questions or point you in the right direction. So please utilize us. We are here to help. And we definitely want to make sure that everyone has their best semester possible abroad. Oh, that's so awesome. And lastly, speaking mm -hmm. of resources, we got a big week coming up yeah. next week. It's study abroad week. 
please tell us all more about Study Abroad Week. Definitely, yes. This is uh, one of our biggest weeks of the year, um, so it is solely dedicated to all things study abroad. So it is next week, which is September 19th through 23rd. Um, we have a ton of events going on that week. Uh, I will highlight just a few and shout everyone out to go check out our website, um, where under our events tab, where we will have a full schedule of events. Um, but the couple I would highlight is Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday from 12 to 1, we have something called advising on the fly. And this means we will be uh, tabling at different areas on campus. So check for us outside of the dining halls, outside Cushing, um, and we will have staff there ready to answer any type of question you have um, and to just kind of tell you more about the different options. Um, Another event I would highlight uh, is what we're calling our identity panels. So on Tuesday and Wednesday evening from 5 to 6 p.m. Um, in DeBartolo on Tuesday evening, it's going to be an LGBTQ plus panel. And on Wednesday evening, it's gonna be a race and ethnicity panel. And this is in partnership with the student government. And so we're gonna have returnees from different study abroad programs talking about their experience with their identity and study abroad. So this will be a really, really cool opportunity. This is the first year we're doing it. Um, we're very excited to go hear the students talk about their experience and there'll be time for Q and A. So if any students are interested in that, I would highly recommend attending those events. And then last, but certainly not least, um, we have information sessions. So again, Tuesday and Wednesday evening, um, starting at 6.30 in DeBartolo. So Tuesday will be focused on semester programs and Wednesday will be focused on summer programs. So what these are is basically a very um, condensed schedule where we will talk about every program in different 15 minute segments. So students can select between five different options at the same time, and you can learn more about that individual program for 15 minutes. And then you have five minutes to go to a different room and hear about a different program for 15 minutes. So they span kind of throughout the evening, but it's a really great way to just quickly get some information um, and learn about multiple different programs if you're still in that discernment process and not sure. Um, this is uh, the best way you can probably get all that information in one night. So we recommend, check out the website, check out our social media. We'll be promoting it everywhere, um, but please join us for these events. We're really, really excited um, to meet all of the potential students applying and to help you through this process. And this is always a really fun week for us. So we, we can't wait to get started. Oh my gosh, sounds awesome. There's so many things I think just got to take advantage of it. We will. I will definitely, when I am on the Instagram on Friday promoting this episode, I will also be like, go to every study abroad event. Excellent. Conference. Yes. Excellent. And you can link our, our website on there as well because it has oh. a schedule and everything. 100%. All right. Yeah. Um, on that note, thank you so much. Any last comments or pieces of advice for mm -hmm. anyone listening? Yeah. Um, I really, really encourage everyone to consider a study abroad opportunity. I'm very biased, obviously, um, but it is something that I truly think is so important and it really does kind of have that transformational effect on students. So if you are considering it and not sure, please come talk to us. We always wanna help, um, whether it's for a semester or a summer program, take advantage of it while you're here. There's amazing opportunity with Notre Dame. So we are very happy to help you with it. And we look forward to kind of seeing everyone's applications coming in this year. Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond Study Abroad. 
In preparation for Study Abroad Week, make sure you check out ND International on Instagram and you take a look at their website, which is international.nd.edu. To get started on your applications for Study Abroad, head on over to studyabroad.nd.edu. Thank you again so much for listening. Good luck with your study abroad applications, and we'll see you in two weeks for the next episode.